0: Welcome to The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I am Alison Kaczkowski, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in to check out exactly what we're talking about. Self-care means so many things to people. It's one of the reasons I decided to start this show. And you'll hear self-care discussed from a number of different angles in this space. I am grateful to have you with me, and I hope you get a lot out of what I'm going to share with you today. Hey, everybody, it's Alison Kaczkowski. Thank you for, so much for tuning in again this week to this week's edition of The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I am excited to be with you on this Tuesday morning. I am your host. And today I have a really interesting guest. Today I have Sandra and Laya with me, who is a food addiction addiction counselor. She's also an author and a public speaker. And we're going to have a really interesting conversation around, you know, I've had a lot of guests before on my show to speak to, quote unquote, healthy eating, feeling your body and that type of thing. But I have not really had the opportunity to speak to an expert in this area. And I know that for a lot of people, food is a mechanism of coping. Um, It's also a a way for people to, you know, deal with and process their emotions. So I feel like for a lot of you out there listening that I talk to about this, I feel like this is probably going to come right on time. Sandra, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely.
0: Please introduce yourself before we get into our conversation.
1: For sure. So I am, as you mentioned, Sandra Leah. Uh, I'm a food addiction counselor, uh, but so much more than that. I'm very much a, a trailblazer here in Canada and uh, hopefully soon in the United States as well. I have created Canada's only outpatient program for food addiction recovery that uh, started in Ontario, but now runs in clinics across Canada, medical wow. clinics. Uh yes and I uh helped create the first residential inpatient treatment program at Renescent. Uh so that Renescent is a treatment a house that has been open since the 1970s originally um dealing with alcoholism, drug addiction and about 5 years ago they opened their doors to food addicts. So, I went in, I created the program, I executed executed the program for a year and I, I have to tell you it was one of the most rewarding years of my career to be surrounded by Beautiful souls trying to recover from their addiction. I mean, there's nothing more fulfilling than that. Absolutely. Uh, It reaffirms
0: your why every day, right?
1: Exactly. And I published my very first book on uh, World Obesity Day this year, which was March 4th. And it's called Never Enough, Three Pillars of Food Addiction Recovery and never enough ha- has a you know great a double meaning for me uh, so many of us feel like we're never enough we're not uh, smart enough we're not fast enough pretty enough educated enough we can't give enough do enough be enough uh-huh. and all of those never enoughs often lead us to find solace in a substance and that could be shopping drugs it could be sh- you know shoes it could be food and in my case it is food and then what happens is this substance that we use to feel better becomes never enough. Like there's never going to be enough food to make me feel worthy or whole. Uh-huh. Um, so that's a little background on the book. I feel the most alive on stage. I love public speaking. Um, and yeah, that, that's me in a nutshell.
0: Wow. So just, there's just a lot there. Obviously, yeah. a lot more than we have time to talk about. But, but and I'll just ask you this just because you said it a lot of what you do is about your own story. Yes. So, you know, talk to us just for a little bit about, you know, obviously, you know, you're speaking from your own experience. You recovered and your uh, substance, if you will, was food. You could never get enough for, you know, a number of different reasons. But, you know, I'd love for you just to share a little bit about kind of where you were and what made you decide to do something about it.
1: Yeah. So for me, one of my most, you know, I'm most proud of the qualification of being a food addict myself, that I really understand the nuances of this disease, and I've I've walked in the shoes of my clients. Uh, So if I were to take you back, you know, 25 years ago, I was in my mid-20s, I was over 100 pounds heavier than I am today, and I wish that I could say it was just my weight and my eating, but really food addiction, like most addictions, devastated every single area of my life. Uh-huh. It was, you know, my marriage at the time was falling apart. Uh, my career was stalling because, you know, the firm had hired me at one weight, and then I proceeded to gain over a 100 pounds in a year and a half. And uh, that was dramatically affecting my career. I was very depressed, ultra processed foods, uh, junky foods, m- you know, they just alter my mood and I feel very depressed when I ingest them. I was taking care of my mom who was living with bipolar disorder and obesity herself, and I was on extended sick leave. So that was my rock, rock bottom in my life. And I'm wow. so grateful for that rock bottom because it was the turning point in my life where I realized there was no diet out there that was going to solve my problems, because all I wanted in my 20s was to be skinny. That's it. If I could have just found the diet, the magic cure, the right combination of, uh, of uh you know, fats to proteins and been skinny, then I would have never gone on to transform my life, even though I was in so much pain, because I thought that was the answer. And when I gave up on trying to find the perfect diet, because hint, hint, it doesn't exist. And if we I- look, and if we look at statistics, over 95% of all diets fail, but yet we're still trying, right? It's so sad to me. You know, if we boarded a plane and the pilot came on and said, buckle up, we've got a 95% chance of crashing, we'd all get off that plane. But so many of us are still on that uh, hamster wheel of trying to find the right diet. And I gave up on that. I, I, I decided that I needed to be sane with food. I needed to change my relationship with food, that I couldn't keep eating the way I was eating and I couldn't keep living the way I was living. And my relationship, I basically I had dieted my way into obesity. The the, the cycle of restricting, binging, restricting, binging. Um and I the turning point for me, I, I remember it so clearly, was when I didn't care if I ever lost another pound again. I really didn't. Uh, I was a compulsive wearer. I would weigh myself in the morning, weigh myself at lunch, dinner. Yeah, I don't a know lot of people do that. I know. And I don't know what I thought yeah. was going to change. Like yeah. if you weigh yourself in the morning, it's going to be higher. Yeah, again.
0: but you know, but to your point, there's just there's just a lot more going on there. And it's more about control than it is about the food.
1: So exactly, exactly. And, and when I said, you know what? I don't care if I ever lose another pound again. I really didn't. I just had to figure out how not to use food. Yeah, and like you
0: said, you wanted to change your relationship. So exactly. Yeah. So let's 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 kind of go with what makes well, I don't want That's probably not the right language. But what what do you think is at the root cause of an addiction? It's like you said, you feel like you're not enough. But where does that start?
1: So there's so many, uh, contributing factors to addiction and so many contributing factors to even living with elevated weight and obesity. So it's important to remember there's not one cure. So we know right. that genetics, genetics plays a part for sure. I. You know, when my mother was pregnant with me, she was living with obesity. That means that I had about a seventy percent chance of developing obesity myself just by yeah. you being born to parents with obesity. And it's so it's so interesting to me because we always point the finger of blame to the person living with elevated weight, but you know, the baby comes into the world, they haven't had their first meal yet, and they have a seventy percent chance of developing obesity if one of your parents uh, were living with it. So yeah, genes, genes are powerful things. Powerful. Um, yeah. Childhood trauma, there's a a strong correlation between childhood trauma and addiction. Again, totally not a person's fault. Nobody chooses, you know, the way they're raised or the parents. And so childhood trauma is definitely another one. And the third, which is, you know, really our toxic food environment. If we were able to go back in time 100, 100% 20 years ago, likely we would not find any food addicts because there wouldn't be any food on the planet uh, that would give us the buzz or the dopamine hit that our current toxic food environment gives us. Right.
0: Right.
1: right. Nobody nobody goes home at the end of a hard day and says, I'm going to eat four chickens and, a you know, a bushel of broccoli because you can't. Um, But the toxic food environment, there are chemically engineered foods that are made to overwhelm our reward centers that make some of us susceptible to food addiction. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I would say those are probably the top three drivers of food addiction.
0: Yeah. Okay. Is there any one of those three that you think is plays a much bigger role or do you think it's pretty equal?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen it all. I've been in this field for a long time. I've worked with thousands of food addicts and some people really identify to having a very traumatic childhood, have a, having an addictive eating model to them others tell me they had beautiful childhoods and so that tells me maybe genes were playing a part um others just say that they were exposed to really processed foods their whole lives and when you're when you eat when the majority of your diet is processed your taste buds start to change yeah and- Healthy food will not taste good to you. Actually, healthy food over time can be even be repulsive to you if you have a steady diet of factory made foods, um, because it will it just normal foods won't give you the same buzz, I, I want to say. And and it also just changes your taste buds.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people probably don't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. OK, so so let's go back to a little bit about you then. and. You know, I know that, you know, you hit your rock bottom. You decided that, you know, you wanted to change your relationship with food. You obviously sought out support and got help and got, got well yourself before you became an expert on health. Oh. So, so I'm just, I'm wondering when people seek you out, they probably seek you out because, because of your story for one. And two, I'm guessing that they probably tried other things and that doesn't work.
1: Yeah so my in my own recovery I recovered uh, using 12 steps so there are many 12 step programs uh that address you know compulsive overeating and food addiction and I'm no longer a member of the 12 Step community, but it just it came in at a time in my life when I really couldn't trust my thinking when it came to food. Um, And I just needed a program to follow. And also, you know, my parents were not emotionally available to raise me or prepare me for life. So the 12 Steps was a wonderful formula for how to live a, a really good life, taking ownership of your you know, wrongdoings and cleaning up your messes and having a spiritual practice. So, you know, it was a wonderful, amazing healing time that I spent 10 years there. But eventually, um, it didn't work for me anymore. It was not where I belonged. And the truth is 12 step programs don't work for everybody. Yeah. And, right. and that's, yeah, yeah. And I, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to put programs out in the world for those where 12-step programs don't work. So when I was a member, I thought that was the only answer. I truly did. I just thought, here are the 12 steps. If you're you you know, if you're not willing to work them, then go out and suffer. And thank God, I have some amazing mentors in the mental health world and the addiction world. And they said, Sandra, do you realize uh, for for all the people that go to a 12-step program, it's only going to work for about 20% and the 80%, it was never going to work for them. And now you're telling people who have a disease and who are suffering, that if they don't do this program, if they don't, if they, if they're not yeah. honest, enough, if they don't work the steps hard enough, then they should go out and suffer. And that was just such a moment of clarity for me. I'm like, you're right. That is horrible. What I want to help the 80% that maybe 12 step programs don't work for at, And at the end of the day, I lost my mother to this disease when she was only 69 years old, too young. And I was always her health advocate. And I i want to help that person who feels like they've tried everything and they feel like there isn't help for them. Those are the ones that I want to wrap my arms around. Those are the ones I welcome into my program because my programs are always steeped in love. I always say it's very hard to change in a constructive manner when motivated by shame, guilt, or hate. And, you know, listen out there. How many times have you started on a diet or started to change your relationship with food or, or even look at your body with guilt, shame, or hate? It doesn't work. Um, Love is energizing. And how much energy do you need? (laughs) Like how much energy do you need for this journey?
0: Yeah, no, agree. I just, I think this is This is such a good point because there's just there there really is not enough love in the world, I don't think. But yet love is such a powerful thing. Right. And I think it takes, you know, people who are really, you know, spiritually driven and motivated by their own personal story and really by their belief system to really be able to, you know, Spread that message more, you know, that we we have everything that we need inside of us. Sometimes we can't see it and we don't know it at the time. And that's why we need people like you to help people who are are on their own journey and are not able to get the help they need for whatever reason.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and know that uh, the love has to start from you. Uh, You don't have it within yourself. You can't give it away.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just like we have to be we have to feel whole and complete before we're going to feel happy with anything else, whether it be a partner, a career, starting a business or something else. Yeah. Yeah. And that starts with the the love inside of us. So. Exactly. And so I've created a brand new Visionary Retreat Leaders Checklist. This is pure gold, folks. This is all stuff that I have learned through my own planning processes over the last 10 years that I've been delivering retreats. So if you want to get your hands on a copy, it's absolutely free. You can go to my website, www.theallisonk.com. Click on the "Can Work With Me icon, Work With Me, which is on the left-hand side if you go to my website and click it and you start scrolling down the page and there'll be a pop-up window that will appear and you can just put your email address in and we'll be glad to send it to you so make sure you take advantage of this this is an amazing free offer this is worth its weight in gold and quite honestly i see a lot of people charging a lot of money for the stuff that i'm just giving to you for free so Go get your hands on it. I would love to get your feedback, see what you think, but definitely take it as a free gift from me because I really believe in over-delivering and over-sharing and I just want you to be able to have it so that you can start using it and planning your own retreats and events. So take advantage. I would love to hear what you think. Roughly. I'm just curious. I mean, I know you're in Canada, but i um... You know, I'm wondering if you could share any numbers with my audience on people that suffer from food addiction, people who call themselves food addicts, or I'm just wondering what the trends are there. I know the American diet is heavy in processed foods. It's yes. all about convenience and being able to, you know, get your hands on things quickly. Um, and I, I do sense that the public is getting smarter about that. And um, but I also sense that it's still a big problem.
1: Well, what we do know is sixty-five percent of the population in North America is either living with uh, overweight, being overweight, or living. Oh with yeah, overweight. absolutely. Sixty-five percent, right? We and COVID accelerated that percentage, yep. um, unfortunately. Of those people, we there's research to suggest that approximately uh, somewhere between ten and fifteen percent will have uh, food addiction. Uh-huh. So a big, big portion of that. And what I also find really interesting, you know, when you think about 65% of North America, it's it's ridiculous to believe it's a willpower problem. Yeah. It's ridiculous to believe that it's lack of discipline. Not that, no, <laughs> like, no, that is the most naive, ignorant opinion anybody can have of somebody living with obesity. That must be lack of, no. And oftentimes my clients, Um, are people who are highly successful, have managed to put so, so much together, great careers, great families, great partners, but they have this one area of their life that they cannot manage. So there's no evidence that this person lacks willpower or discipline. That's ridiculous. Well, a
0: lot of people like and that's I think that's what's wrong with the, diet, the quote unquote diet culture, if you will. It's like, well, if you were if you just worked harder at it, just more motivated, you would get results. I mean, I think that's BS too, quite. frankly. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And motivation often comes again. You know, if somebody calls me and says wants to work with me on their motivation and I'm not your typical coach, I don't say, OK, well, let's set out what your goals are and then let's make right. all the milestones so you get to I don't talk about that. I I talk about, well, if I spent the afternoon in your head, what is the dialogue that I would hear? Yeah. And often people who say they lack motivation, it's because they have a harsh internal environment. They have a harsh internal critic and they say the most discouraging, punishing, awful things to themselves. And I try to show them, yeah, if I said that to myself, I wouldn't get out of bed. Like it's yeah. it's too hard. you you know often people paint themselves in a corner where they can't win. everything they do is wrong. All they see is what's what's ugly. That's the most demotivating thing you can do to yourself. so get get the right inner dialogue, get yes, your yes I agree with you. Dialogue. and yeah.
0: I, you know, I just want to piggyback on that and say that you know the universally responds to energy. Yeah, if we're having the if we if we're saying out loud to somebody like if I say to you, you know I really want to change fill in the blank whatever it is about what I'm doing, but I'm having this inner dialogue in my head that's against that that we're never going to get the results that we want because it's it's competing energies. Exactly, all has to line up. Yeah, yeah. It's just I think it's just hard for most people to understand that because we're so trained to look for the evidence that we see with our eyes. So if we're working ourselves really hard in the gym, for example, or really restricting our calories and reading every diet book we can get our hands on, which is what unfortunately a lot of people do, especially in the age of social media, and we don't see results, then of course we're going to have that harsh dialogue with ourselves. Well, I'm just not good enough. Well, I just can't get it for whatever it is. Maybe I'm just meant to be overweight. You know, I think that's a real problem.
1: I would agree. Yes, I would absolutely agree with that. And and anybody who questions whether they are energy or not, uh, you know, have you ever been in a room where you're you're, you know, just having a good time and then somebody comes in and sucks all the energy out of the room? Like oh, yeah. have you ever met that person? It's like everything goes, whoop. everyone stops laughing, everyone gets serious, everyone's a little nervous. And yeah. and and the opposite. Have you ever been in a, a room and then someone walks in, and everyone's energy is elevated, and people are excited, and they make you feel important and seen and loved. That's their energy. They're not even doing yeah. anything. They're just walk. Well, it's through. always
0: it comes down to how you're being. It's not what you're doing necessarily. Exactly.
1: We are human beings. Very yes. true. Yes.
0: So I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, well, no, I'm not wondering. I know this for a fact that, that really that this, what we're talking about is really like landing for a lot of people that are listening. I always believe every time I do a show, every time I have a guest on and we have a conversation that what we talk about is going to help at least one or beliefs. So, but I'm just, I'm wondering, could you offer people some actionable tips? Some thought primary thoughts to keep in mind. Um, my bet is, is that somebody out there just wants to get started today. What can you say to that?
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna start with a question. And okay. I and I know your listeners are super intelligent. Uh, you know, what is the greatest, the single greatest relationship you will ever have in this lifetime? Mm-hmm. Is it with our parents, our our partners, our children? Now you know the answer. <laughs> it's with yourself. Oh, I know it. <laughs> yeah, everybody knows the greatest relationship so if you believe that to be true then tell me how much time how much energy and how much consideration do you give this relationship that you have with yourself and unfortunately many people say very little yeah um often you know um oftentimes for women i've noticed we tend to put the needs of everyone else before ours. We think, okay, let me make sure everybody has what they need. Let me make sure everyone's set up for success. Yeah. Let me lessen the blows of life. For, and then and then, when everybody's okay that I love, then I'll focus on me.
0: Yeah. But by the time well, when I get around to it.
1: Right? Yeah. And by yeah. the time I get around to me, I'm tired, exhausted, and resentful. So I got nothing left in my tank. Mm-hmm. So I want you to consider that we are physical beings, we are mental beings, and we are spiritual beings and each one of these requires attention time and energy so how do you care for your physical being and we all know how right we all know how it's it's it, it, but the question then becomes um how do i stick to whatever plan i choose right whether if keto works for you great if if uh intermittent fasting works for you great whatever if you want to cycle whatever it is how do I stick to my health plan when I don't want to, when I'm stressed, when I'm lonely, when I had a fight? That becomes the question because lack of knowledge was never the problem. Nobody listening to this podcast right now has lack of knowledge. You know what yeah. to eat. You know how
0: to move your body. So Absolutely. Is- I could not agree more. Yep.
1: How do I stick to it? So, And then I'm a mental being. I need to take care of my thoughts. I literally, in this world, in this modern-day world, I have to stand guard at the, the door of my mind. What do I allow in? Which thoughts do I ruminate on? Which thoughts do I turn up the intensity on? Which thoughts do I turn down the intensity on? You are at the driver's seat of your mind. You get to decide What you're going to focus on and how that affects your energy and how that affects how you show up. Right. We've all been there. I could have a negative thought and I can nurse it, ruminate on it, and it will steal a half a day from me. But very interestingly, if I have a thought of gratitude, do I do I do the same? Do I turn up the intensity on a? Oh, isn't this lovely? Is oh my gosh, look how and then can I keep turning up the intensity? Look how fortunate I am. I am blessed. I'm safe. I am health and just keep going and going. And how will that serve me? Yeah again take how do you take care of your mind so you got your body your mind and then your spirit listen at the end of the day everybody comes into this world a perfect little being just perfect and we all come in with the spark of the divine with a magnificence and a, a power inside of us uh-huh and then we forget we forget our worthiness and we lose that connection because as you know things happen to us sad things traumatizing things people tell us we're not enough they tell us we're not worthy and so how do you take care of your spirit? How do you connect to that magnificence that has always been there, hasn't gone anywhere, that you came into this world with? And understanding that your worthiness is non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. Eating is not a moral issue. Exercising is not a moral issue. You are good. You woke up good. You came into the world good. That's just your worthiness is non-negotiable. So yeah. that's my team. How do you take care of your mind? How do you take care of your body? How do you take care of your spirit?
0: So just a, a quick, so basically that's why it's a really good self-care practice just to keep in mind too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Where can people find you, Sandra?
1: On my website. So sandraalia.com. So, at uh, you know, Sandra and then the last name E-L-I-A.com. And uh, you can learn all about me there. And your book title again was? Never Enough. Three pillars of food addiction recovery.
0: Never enough. And is your book available
1: on Amazon or other places? Uh, My book is available everywhere. Books are sold online and at select bookstores, but you can, whatever your preference is Barnes and Noble's, Amazon, whatever you want.
0: Fantastic. All right. And
1: in Florida, it's in Books and Books. You can go to, I know that's a book chain there because I did a book signing. And uh, you can pick up a copy there. And I left when I was in Miami. I left about twenty signed copies, so maybe you'll be lucky enough to get a signed one.
0: Oh, fantastic! So yeah, I know we have a lot of listeners in Florida. So fantastic! Wonderful. So thank you so much for sharing some of your time with me today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Absolutely. And so, folks out there listening, if uh, what we talked about today resonates with you in any way. If you struggle with food addiction or, or really any kind of addiction, it's like we said, it's the, we lead, you know, what leads to addiction is all the thoughts of never enough, right? So yeah. if any of that really landed for you or you're feeling compelled to, please reach out to Sandra. You can find her link, um, in the show notes below, uh, sandraelia.com. And also you can get your hands on a copy of her book too. You can go to Amazon or anywhere that sells books, like she said. And do a search for it. Never enough. Um, so and of course, if you are looking for a new home in social media, if you're on Facebook and you want would like to join our community, please come over and join us there. Living your ultimate life through fitness and self-care. Um, it's summertime as we're recording this. So the weather's nice and warm. If you're looking at adopting new habits or just want to find a community of like minded people, you can do that. Um, and come over and join us there. If you have a friend or colleague in particular who you think would really benefit from hearing this episode, um, please feel free to share the, the link to this episode with them as a free gift from me. You can connect with me on my site, www.dallisonk.com and I will be happy to do it for you or you're welcome to send me a note. Um and someone on my team will take care of it for you as well. Um, one of the reasons why I do this show every week is that I know that at least one person listening is gonna be helped or served in some way. And if that's you, then today is your day. Um, thank you for all of your support of me, of my message, of this show. We're heard all over the world and every week we reach more and more people. We are coming up on our fourth birthday at the end of the summer, and um I really didn't know where this whole podcast thing was gonna end up, and here we are. We're heard on every major podcast platform, and I have you to think for that. So thank you and know that I am so grateful. This is Alison Kaczkowski with The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. You're one step closer to living your ultimate life, so make it a good one.